Hello and welcome to our April podcast here at The Voice of the Arts with your host, identical and indiscernible from myself, Joe Weber. We're going to kick things off with Bob Newhart and his imagined school for training bus drivers. This comic sketch reminds me of my years of taking the 86 bus from the intersection of Woodland Street and Palisades Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, to Dwight Morrow High School, the public high school in Englewood. This was one of the most beautiful parts of Englewood, built on a hill that rises up to the Palisades, the cliffs that overlook the Hudson River on the Jersey side. These properties had large homes graciously positioned on large plots of land. I do believe that the driver on that route took particular delight in watching me, a kid from a well-off family, run for that bus only to be left in its wake. I took a ride on the bus the other day, and it convinced me once and for all that there is a school for bus drivers. <laughs> because they couldn't innately know what they do. They would have to go to school to learn some of these things. And I would like to take you out of that school. Uh, as we enter the school, there's a course going on in which they present the bus drivers with actual situations they'll encounter while driving their buses to find out how they react to it. And as we enter the course, we find uh, the instructor talking to the student bus drivers. Uh, you men have now completed what's known as the basic course in bus driving. In this course, you're going to be presented with actual situations you'll encounter while driving the buses. And it's primarily designed to find out whether you're just going to be, uh, well, good bus drivers or possibly one of the great all-time bus drivers. <laughs> Bus drivers like uh, the legendary Larry Strickland, uh, probably the greatest bus driver of the 1930s and possibly of all time, Neil Norlag. <laughs> I, I'd like to take one of the students, uh, Johnson. You want to get in the bus, uh, and oh, uh, Mrs. Selkirk, you want to get back to your marks back there? Uh-huh, uh, good. Here, here's the situation, Johnson. Uh, you've just pulled into a stop. You've discharged your passengers, and out of the rearview mirror, uh, you notice this old woman running for the bus. Okay. You want to you want to start running now, Mrs. Selkirk? <laughs> okay. Let's see how Johnson goes about handling. Uh, hold it! Hold it! Hold it, Johnson. Uh, you're you're pulling out much too fast, Johnson. <laughs> See, uh, she, she, she gave up uh, about halfway in the block, you see. <laughs> yeah, what, what you want to do is just kind of gradually ease out, you see, so uh, you're always holding out the hope they may be able to catch the bus. <laughs> oh, another thing you want to watch, a lot of these old women, they'll, they'll run at three-quarter speed, you see. Then, then they'll put on a final burst and they'll catch up with a bus, so. Uh, Graham, you want to be the bus driver? Yes, Mrs. Orkirk, you want to get back to your mark again? All right, let's try it with Graham. Same situation. All right, you want to, you want to start running again, uh, Mrs. Orkirk? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see how, how, how Graham handles this situation. 
All right, fine. Uh, uh, d did y'all see how he slammed the door right in her face that time? Uh, that's, uh, that's known as your perfect pullout. Uh, oh, one other thing. Uh, it wasn't part of the problem, uh, but uh, I want to compliment you on it. You blocked both lanes that time pulling in. <laughs> Okay, and Mrs. Selkirk, I think we'll take uh, situation 13 this time. Yeah, you want to you get in the Chevrolet? Mm -hmm. uh, Graham, this is a situation you'll very often encounter. You'll be driving along your route, and uh, all of a sudden this car will pull in front of you, and on the back will be caution student driver or learning to drive, uh, something like that. Okay. All right, Mrs. Selkirk, you want to pull in front of Graham and see how he, how he goes about handling this situation? All right, that, that was fine. That was uh, very good. Uh, could you all see what he did there? Uh, he gets back about 10, 15 car lengths, uh, gets it up to around 60. <laughs> then he gets right behind her, bang, he slams on his brakes, he hits the horn at the same time. Uh, did you all see how the car went out of control there? <laughs> The, the, the minute she dove for the floorboard, it just kind of swerved into the light pole over there. Okay, uh, some of you want to extricate uh, uh, Mrs. Selkirk from the car? Just uh, roll down the window and crawl right out, Mrs. Selkirk. Uh, Mrs. Selkirk, I think this will be the last one. You be the woman with the packages on this one, all right? Okay, uh, Graham, on this one, I'm going to stand behind you because uh, you can't be expected to know this. It's going to take time and a lot of practice. All right, you want to get on the bus, Mrs. Selkirk? That's, all right, fumble, fumble for your change. All right, now start heading toward the back of the bus. That's it. All right, hit your accelerator. All right, hit the brake. Hit the accelerator again. Now your brake. All right, you see how she spun all the way to the front of the bus that time? Mm. Mm. That's, that's gonna take a little practice. A lot of times they'll grab a hold of another passenger. You may hit your brake too soon. All I can tell you is don't get discouraged. Uh, within five, six months, you'll have all of them spinning right to the front of the bus. Okay, now let's all get in our individual buses and uh, start practicing. And just remember, it's accelerator, brake, accelerator, brake. Okay, uh, uh, for, for homework tonight, uh, we're going to mispronounce the names of streets.
ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting in the anteroom of uh, Dr. Haldanish's psychiatric office. In a few moments, uh, Dr. Haldanish will release his last patient. Uh, we've asked for him to give us this hour to discuss with him his new methods in treating psychotic patients. Oh, the door is just opening now, and the patient is just leaving. And we're going into Dr. Haldanis' office now. The patient, that was the patient leaving. No, I don't want that not in here again. You hear me? I don't want her in here for any money, for anything. I don't want that lady in here again. Excuse me, who are you? Uh, doctor, I, I, do you have an appointment? Yes, I do. I am paying for this hour in order to interview you. Oh, oh are you uh, from the, uh, I'm from the, the presses? Yes. Oh, how, are, how jolly you are, must be. <laughs> sir, sir, Dr. Haldanish, you yeah. just told your nurse not to allow your patient back. Uh, that is yes, not... I can't take it. I can't. Um, what do you she mean? spoke filthy. Filth. Do you hear well, me? You're a, just Filth a moment, on, on my, my house and my Just a moment. Uh, you, are, homes. you are a psychiatrist. That's but... right, accredited. Yes, you're what school? I'm not a doctor, I'm accredited. <laughs> Meaning what? I mean that uh, certain people have said you're, you're accredited. You are all right. But you are a doctor. No, not in the, not in the legal sense. Well, you doctor. have the word D, oh, it's not doctor, it's no. D-C-R. Yes, it's docker. Like docker, it's very close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't look close, I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. <Docker> Haldanish, <laughs> if I make <laughs> Docker, uh, <laughs> Dr. Haldanish, you, you, uh, you are treating, you are treating, uh, s people who are in need of psychiatric yes. help. I lift their hopes, I turn their spirit. I'd like to get back to this yes. poor girl who went screaming from your office. Well, she's filthy and dirty. Well, what is her problem? And I nearly called a policeman in here to uh, hit her and arrest her. Why do I have to hear that junk? Do you have any people who have real problems? A few. I My friends, that girl that seems girl like... That girl is sick. How long she... I, well, she is some nuts. But She's that's the... crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> Fuck God. See, that girl is crazy. Have I you ever cured anybody of anything? Twice. Who? <laughs> Once a fella who loved his dog. So, what was his problem? A fella, Arnold. And most people love their dogs. Arnold, no, but uh, never mind. He really loves them. <laughs> And uh, there was a lady, Bernice. And what was her Bernice. problem? She just would sit around the house and tear paper. So uh, you cured both of these. How did you cure the dog lover? What technique did you use? The dog lover, I said, hey, you can't do that. What are you Oh, yeah, let's get, on, let's get on to, uh, to the... Uh, so I woke him up. I, yes. I opened his eye. And Bernice? By niece, I said, don't tear paper. Nice girl like you sits now, tears paper. And did she stop? Go out and meet people and go to a party, go to a social function. Don't sit and tear paper. Did you cure her? Yes, I cured her. Just telling her not to tear paper. Well, no, if you patch her, slap in the hand, don't tear Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't tear that. Well, that would necessitate your being with her at all times. Well, I lived with her for a while. Medically, yes. As a, as, a, as, a, as a critic, as a viewer, as I, an onlooker. I see. Oh. One, one last question. That filthy woman comes back again. With yes. with her father. I swear I'm calling a police. Well, sir, I, I'm sorry we don't have much. I'm not more a time. violent man. I'm sorry we don't have much more time. But if you had your way, she sir. She was kissing her father in the dream. Oh, is that the dream? Kissing her father in the dream. Well, you want to hear well, things? Well, many oh. daughters. I have a daughter, and I kiss my daughter. In real life, we kiss each other. Uh, nice talking to you. Goodbye.
Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner with a skit created many, many years ago at a party that eventually turned into a recording. Before that, we heard a tune called Odessa Bulgar by a very short-lived but excellent klezmer band called Capella, one of the few that had a tuba instead of a stand-up bass violin carrying the bass line. To my ears, it makes a world of difference in the plus column. Here's another of their tunes. Without a woman or a girl 
Welcome to WMLB's Ask Dr. Flambeau, a program designed to help our listeners deal with the strains and stresses of modern life. Hosted by world-renowned psychotherapist Dr. Anthony Flambeau, author of Growl Like a Dog, and his recently published autobiography, You and What Army. Well, Dr. Flambeau, I understand you had some difficulty getting to the studio today. What happened? Well, that's right, Joe. As you can see, I'm still, I'm still a little shaken up, feeling a little stiffness in my neck from the accident. Well, not, not actually from the accident, but the aftermath. Tell us about it. The accident happened in an intersection. I was coming through. I was coming through on a green light, mm-hmm. uh, and and a woman driving a 1982 Buick Regal. That's a big car. Came through the intersection on a red light and struck my vehicle in the left front end. My my beautiful emerald green Saturn that I love. I know you're very attached to that car. My own child. Mm -hmm. So what happened in the aftermath? Well, anyway, so I got out prepared to do battle with the other driver, and I saw that although she was rather elderly, Joe, I I noticed that she was a fairly good-sized woman, and she was moving quite nimbly with the use of a walker. I assessed the situation. I realized that I would have to separate her from that walker. Why? Because she could use it as a weapon? Exactly, and of course, removing it would compromise her balance. I see. So what next? Well... I feigned concern for her condition, even though she was the one who ran the red light. I put my arm around her shoulder and attempted to wrench the walker out of her grasp. She was a lot stronger than I anticipated, and she was able to hold on to the walker and use her free hand to deliver a number of sharp blows to my upper body. So you were taking a bit of a cuffing. Yes, but I held my ground and I managed to get in a good, solid combination of punches that forced her to release the walker. Oh, well, you did get the walker away from her. Yes, but unfortunately then I lost my balance and we both tumbled to the ground, walker and woman and me and all, and she continued to assault me until the police arrived to collect our insurance cards. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Flambeau, you've had quite a morning. Fortunately, there were witnesses, and I'd just like to say that I'd be glad to meet Mrs. Agnes Freeman anytime, anywhere, and finish what we started in that intersection. Mm -hmm. Solve this thing once and for all. Well, thank you, Dr. Flambeau. We're glad that you're okay. The opinions expressed by Dr. Anthony Flambeau are not necessarily those of the management of WMLB. If you have a question for Dr. Flambeau, email us at listeners at am1160.net. Larson and Weber with our own Dr. Flambeau, the resident psychotherapist at my old radio station in Atlanta, 1690 AM WMLB. Before that, we heard the Klezmer Group Capella performing Abe Schwartz's famous share, a type of dance. Up next, let's listen to Bob and Ray, the radio duo who brought live comedy to WINS and WOR in New York City. Their careers span five decades between Boston and New York. Well, our Bob and Ray staff has been busy on fall features for the past week, and one of those which you have requested most is the Webley-Webster Book Review, which, of course, has been quite popular in the past. And, Webb, I'm looking forward to a fall and winter of great books uh, brought 
to life in vivid description by you on these weekly visits. You, you put it real pretty, Bob. Well, as you know, the fall season, most of the publishers go to work. They get out a lot of books in the fall because people are back inside the house and they rave. Webley uh, suggests that people in the fall uh, are ready to settle down and read a good book now and Oh, then. Bob, you don't have to translate for me. Well, people thought, know what I'm saying. Uh, maybe it was a little difficult for some That gets them. my goal. I don't know if I've ever told you that. All right, well, I won't But every that. time I say something, you say, what Webley means to say, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all right, I they won't. know what I'm saying. We're taking all the time now. Let's get, what book have you got to review for this week? The Fanny Farmer Cookbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, then would have to do with food, and what recipe do you like best about? Well, there's so many wonderful recipes. I think on page 20, though, is the most interesting part of the whole book. Uh-huh. This ship is at sea for about four or five days. Uh, and as we look in on them... Ship at sea for in the Fanny Farmer cookbook? That's right. You, sh you sure you have the right book? You're reviewing the right one? Look, you mind your business and all my mind. But I see the Webley-Webster players over there. What are they... They're here to dramatize the... What I think is the most interesting part of the book. Sort of to dramatize your appetite. a cookbook, huh? Well, that's what I'm going to do. All right. Page 48, then. It's shortly after four bells, and the ship's at sea for about eight days. And we look in and... You sent for me, Captain? That's right, matey. Take a look at this here chart. Why, sir, you've got the chart upside down. Why, you... Oh, oh. You'll keep a civil tongue in your head when you talk to the good captain of this tub. Begging your pardon, Captain. I, I just took a quick glance at the, at the chart there. I want you to take a good look at this chart, matey, and tell the captain where we are. Well, if it were me, sir, I'd say we're about 200 miles south of Hatteras, sir. What do you mean, if it be you? What kind of lingo is that to say to the good captain? Will you ask me, Why sir? Well, you. Oh. Oh. Get up off the deck, matey. Try to keep a civil tongue in your head. Now I then. Begging your pardon, sir. What be we have to eat? Well, we got some corned beef below, sir. A bit of blood pudding. Yeah. And some pilot crackers. Why, you... Oh. Oh. That's no bill of fare to recite to the cap'n, mate. Now get ye out of here. Aye, aye, sir. So, that's wow. pretty exciting, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's exciting, yeah, but That's I... a Fanny Farmer cookbook. Get it at any bookstore, Garrett. On the 14th of February, we sail from the land in the bold Princess Royal, bound for Newfoundland. We had 40 brave seamen in the ship's company. When bound from the eastward to the westward sailed we. Well, we had not been sailing scarce days, two or three, when the man in our mast had strange colours spidey. They came bearing down on us for to see who we were And under a mizzen black colour she wore Oh Lord, cried our captain, what shall we do now? Here comes a bold pirate to rob us, I know Oh no, cried our first mate 
to that never shall be so We will shake out a reef, boys, and away we will go Then this bold pirate, he came alongside With a loud speaking trumpet, whence came you, he cried Well, our captain being up, me boys, he did answer him so Well, we come from fair London and we're bound for Calio. Then back your main topsail and bring your ship too. I have a long letter to send home by you. When I back me main topsail and I bring me ship too. It will be in a harbour not alongside of you. Chased us to the windward all through the long day. They chased us to the westward, but could make no way. They fired shots after us, but none could prevail. For the bold princess royal, she showed them her tail. Thank God, cried our captain, now the pirate is gone. Go you down to your grog, boys, go you down, everyone. Go you down to your grog, boys, I and be of good cheer. While the princess has sea room, brave boys, never fear. Closing out the show with The Starboard List and Bold Princess Royal. Folks, that's going to do it for me. Thanks for keeping me company. This is Joe Weber saying so long here from The Voice of the Arts. (laughs) 